Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Live from Studio 6B on a uh, Thursday night, September 9th, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice. Dish Network Channel 219. Pluto TV Channel 240. Samsung TV Plus Channel 1029. Paul Nolan is here with the news. Rick Delgado's here as well. Rick Amorati. Big night for him. Big Got a little nervous over there, I think, already. Uh, in his Dallas Cowboys jersey as they open the NFL season tonight. Mr. Amorati, how are you? I'm great, Big D. The real Big D is in town tonight <laughs> in your, Tampa. Uh, your team is um, a nine-and-a-half-point underdog that, that the odds makers in Vegas think that they are going to get whooped. Yeah, the, that point spread slid up a little bit tonight. Wow. Yes. Well, you're facing the greatest quarterback possibly probably ever to play. Well, probably without a I doubt. Mean, not probably. Probably. Oh, what do you definitely. Mean? Well, all right, Paul. You don't have to jump down my throat. I, I just try to it. Try it. And then we're going to have some nerd in the discussion saying, he cheats. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. right. He, he eats too good. He, uh, he studies too much. He... His, his wife is too hot. Yeah, yeah. well, she makes I too much money. An so, um, <laughs> so let me say this just from the top. I watched Biden's speech today at home. And um, I said vicious things to the TV, <laughs> screamed vicious things to the TV, got out all my anger at home. So, number one, Gio didn't have to listen to it, and Fran didn't have to hear it. Because they, they, were, they would have gone out and had dinner outside the building here. I wouldn't have paid attention to anything. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Uh, but I got most of it out at home, so I'm going to try not to be angry tonight. As hard as that is, when you see tyranny like that right in front of your face. And there was times during, the, during it that I said my wife was there with me. And I, I, I said, I, I, there's, I can't believe we're watching this speech in the United States of America. This is the president of the United States. And it's just full-blown tyranny right in front of your face. And it's, it's hard to imagine a more um, frightening speech. And I feel like I've said that a couple times with him in the seven months he's been in this office. But, I mean, it's just frightening stuff. So let's deal with some of the obvious things. And none of these are um, unique thoughts to me. I've heard other people talk about it. But I think it has to be said again, the obvious stuff. Uh, first, I heard Dana Perino say this, and, and uh, others have said it since then. It's on all over. So this speech did not have to be given today. That's a fact. We are uh, a day and a half away from the 20th anniversary of uh, the worst attack on this country, on 9-11 of 2001, 20 years it is. All of us were affected by it. Most of us knew someone who was there. My college roommate died that day. Um, all of us had people who were close, and we'll spend some more time on this tomorrow, but we're a day and a half away from that. And so, but this is a man 
a evil, uh, sick man who is so desperate to change the narrative, so desperate to get your attention away from what has happened in the last month in Afghanistan, uh, so desperate to change the story, uh, this administration desperate to change what the public is being told. Of course, they've got the media in their back pocket. Um, botched the, the worst uh, withdrawal military operation maybe in the history of the country. Take your attention away from that. Take your attention away from the fact that there's Americans still on the ground in Afghanistan that can't get out. Take your attention away from the hostage situation that I believe is currently still ongoing with, with uh, the Taliban not letting planes leave Afghanistan. Take your attention away from just the overall botch withdrawal that this whole thing was. The president stood in front of the microphone today and played hardball, more hardball with the American people than he, than he did, than he is with the Taliban. And I don't even think that's an arguable point. He is strong arming the American citizen more and private industry more than he probably did with the Taliban on the ground in Afghanistan. And, um, he has more contempt for you, by the way, than he does for them as well. And I believe that because I believe he focuses more time on his contempt for you and me. Um, his attack on governors is appalling today. His pitting American citizen against American citizen is appalling, in my opinion. Because there's not many people that I know including myself on this show, and there's not, many, there's not one governor who has ever come out and said that no one should get vaccinated. There's not one governor who's anti-vax that I've ever heard, ever heard. As a matter of fact, there's not many people I can think of to- in total that it's totally no one should get this. I encourage my parents to get it. I said to them, what are you going to do, not live your life? You're, you're, you're in that range of people who could get severely affected by it. What other? But there's reason that goes with it. Now, can I ask you, are you, you going to just do the whole segment yourself, or can I chime in here? Go. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, is there, has there ever been a rule about when you can speak on the program? Yeah, well, from opening segment, you just rail right through. So I'm just curious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interview Damon right now. When you made that decision on your parents... Did their age come into it based on the studies we've seen? And, and what I mean by that is, let's just say there are long-term side effects that we don't know for two, three, four years. Are you thinking to yourself, well, there's a good chance they'll be dead in 10 years? Or, no. No. So you, you were completely confident that the mRNA vaccine... Well, they did the J&J. Okay, so you were, com- you were completely confident that that vaccine would have no side effects for their health? Oh, no, of course not. I'm not, I wasn't con- I'm not confident that they're not going to walk outside and get hit by a, a bus coming Did the wrong way. Did they have so- corona already? Did they no. get it? No. And you never thought about maybe like just buying some injectable vitamin D, vitamin C? No. And just consider just loading them up and just have them inject each other with the insulin needle of, of vitamin D and C. Don't you think that would be safer? Now, at least now in retrospect, for their age group, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's I think that's probably part of a plan for people 
uh, predisposed with other issues that could work. But um, would, it, would it save them from, from going to the hospital and having a severe case and possibly dying? I, I don't know. But I thought at the time that the vaccines could. I pushed them to wait for the Novavax, which unfortunately still hasn't come to market. And now there's another single verse. shot, no, no mRNA in that. Right now, there's another uh, product coming out supposedly that's got it's used. It uses all the antibodies of the virus itself, and it looks like it's going to be the single most safe of all of them. So, hopefully, there's any. Uh, hopefully, there's there's hopefully there's something better than what's coming out. But to me, the, at the end of the day, the problem is once the government forces this and they get to own your decisions over your body. What stops them from producing something that is so heinous that there might be nanotechnology or something that inside the bloodstream nanobots, which they, the DARPA has proven to have and has shown effective, and we've seen it in Neuralink with uh, Elon Musk. What if they were able to perfect that and they're able to link it to 6G towers? And then there is the, something like they have in China, and the technological age just keeps going. Artificial intelligence keeps going and the face recognition keeps going. And what if there is a social credit score in America? Okay. Well, answer your own question. What if? So how, if anybody complies to this now, aren't they aiding and abetting what could really be the end of a free society? So for me, I just think anyone who complies, no matter what the age. Well, define complies. Okay. I'll take the, I'll take the vaccine because I'm afraid. That's at the lowest common denominator. Afraid of what? Of dying of COVID. Uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the fear that's been fed to me. Okay. I'm. A, I'm afraid of not being allowed to be free. Like you said to your parents, did you not say to them, "Why not get it? You're going to not live your lives anymore." Right. But when I said that, that was the, not live your life anymore. Meaning you're going to go places, and every place you go, you're going to think, "Oh, geez, I hope I don't catch it." Not, right. not because you couldn't, at that point in time, it wasn't that you couldn't just get into a place because you didn't have it. I said that because I didn't want them going places where there's crowds and thinking, oh, geez, what if I come down with it? That was what we talked about at the time. This was back in early in the year. Right. Now, in retrospect. It had nothing to do with uh, caving to the, re- to the requirements of a government, to a, t- a tyrannical president at that time. But it did come to caving to the media fear. No. What do you mean media fear? Of course. How do you, what do you mean? No, you were afraid they were going to get COVID. They were going to get sick and they could die. You were afraid. So you said, take it. Well, people were dying at the time, Paul, in but that people, age group. People course. were, the hospitals were overrun at that time. Well, I have people who work at Stony Brook. So do I, have I people I, who work at, at St. Charles. So I have, I have more friends in hospitals than you. So you want to get a scorebook out? No, I don't. And I can What's tell the- you about t- dozens of people who told me. These hospitals are empty. But what's the media have to do I remember you with- even saying, why are people going to these hospitals video on empty hospitals? Remember you saying that? What's the media have to do with whether you decided... Because you don't think there's been an endless assault of fear and death and, 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 and horror and hell, and you're all going to die endlessly, so people jump the gun to get these vaccines? I thought that ended on January 20th. Yeah, I don't think it did. I, I think it did. Uh, you didn't see any charts on TV after he got sworn in. You saw none of it. You can't turn on the television. You can't watch a sitcom without nine commercials on the local channel saying, get faxed or do your patriotic duty or whatever form of, you know, propaganda they're ramming down our throats. You, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that, but you're asking me a direct question about me encouraging my parents to get it and why, and I'm telling you what it is, and then you're taking it in a direction that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. So you're going to say you did it because 
you thought it was the safest thing and you were afraid that they could get sick and die. Correct. Right. So then in retrospect, the question is this. Would you do it again today? Would you encourage them to get it again today? Know what you know now. Yes, absolutely. You would. I would still have the same concerns. My concerns wouldn't have changed. So I, I personally think we've seen more damage from these vaccines long term than, than the death rates of the COVID itself. At this point, when these vaccines have already killed, what, 4,400 Americans? How many worldwide? How many people have been sick? What are the long-term side effects? Well, we find out simple things like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, heavy doses of C or D, mononucleic, whatever uh, Rogan took and Trump took. There's a, there's a bunch of ways to treat this. I just think at this point right now, what we've seen, why in God's name would we would we agree? Look, my mom has been sick since she took it. And my two brothers, like she's 84, she still wants a social life, and she is definitely a high-risk category. So they so outvoted she took what? She took the Johnson & Johnson. And she couldn't stand for three days after, and she has been lethargic since. So, so did me, you have the same discussion with her that you're having with me? I had it with my brothers, not with hugs. Why would I want to raise any more fear with her? But me and my brothers all get it out just like this. I think in retrospect, these vaccines should we have been rushed to market and and people are rolling over way too quickly. I, I, I'm, I'm going to hold out as long as possible. And I didn't mean to challenge you the way it came out. It came out until you got a little. Yeah, but when you say I'm going to hold out, I think you're a totally different story. I'm a totally different story. Rick's a totally different story. Emirati, oh, so our you're age one is a totally different story. So one size doesn't fit all like our president's saying? Absolutely not, it doesn't. Well, for me, at this point right now, I think no matter who you are, just load up on your vitamins and all right, we'll, protect we'll do, your health. All right, let's hit the break. We'll continue this good discussion. We'll get the audience involved as well. Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to do some sports. He's going to do it right now. What's going on, pal? All right. I hope the Cowboys are as fired up as you guys are tonight. Good stuff. <laughs> NFL kicks off tonight. The moment that I think I'm the only one that's been waiting for involved with this show. But uh, regular season, game number one in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium. Kickoff is in about three minutes, just about three minutes. Uh, Dallas Cowboys lead the series 13 games to four but uh tampa is a, a strong favorite d just filled me in they're nine and a half point favorites opened up at seven and a half it's gone up to nine and a half but uh we will have an eye on that all night certainly i will um and uh dallas cowboys at the world champion tampa bay buccaneers major league baseball just a couple of games in action two that went final cardinals over the dodgers two to one and the athletics over the white Sox three to one top seven 
Indians lead the Twins 3-1. Top six, Mets blanking the Marlins 2-zip. Bottom four, Rockies and Phils tied at one. Also bottom four, Royals 1-zip over the Orioles. Top four, Yankees lead the Blue Jays 1-zip. And bottom third, Nats over the Braves 2-0. Novak Djokovic into U.S. Open semifinals over Matteo Bertini as he nears calendar year Grand Slam AP report. Djokovic seeded the opening set for the third consecutive match at Flushing Meadows and ninth time at a major in 2021, but it didn't matter because he quickly corrected his strokes and beat number six seeded Matteo Berrettini 5-7-6-2-6-2-6-3 in a quarterfinal that began last night and concluded after midnight, actually early this morning at one. And now he is two wins away from the first calendar year Grand Slam in men's tennis since 1969. Longer than you've been around, Big D. Along with the men's record 21st major championship overall. He takes on world number four, Alexander Zverev, in the semis tomorrow night at 7. And number two, Daniil Medvedev faces Felix Agor Alasmi in the other <laughs> semifinal tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And U.S. Open, ladies, let's get to that as well. 19-year-old Canadian Layla Fernandez just took the first set 7-6 over number two, Arena Sabalenka. That is in action right now, keeping an eye on that. And 18-year-old Brit Emma Raducanu is versus uh, Maria Sakara. Sakari, that's at 9 p.m. tonight. So great tennis going on besides football. And do I have time for one more, Big D? Of course. Okay, Tiger Woods rehabbing to play golf again. Ryder Cup captain says, Tiger Woods has not appeared in a golf tournament since 2020. This is Ryan Gatos of Fox News. Tiger Woods has not been on the golf course since his devastating car crash in L.A. in February. That left him with that gruesome leg injuries, but there is hope he will be swinging the driver again. Ryder Cup captain Steve Stricker told Sirius XM Radio yesterday that Woods is rehabbing, rehabbing vigorously in hopes of playing again. I've talked to Tiger a lot, Stricker said. He's part of this Ryder Cup family. Family. He won't be able to be a captain's assistant this time around just because of his ongoing rehab to try to get better and try to play golf again. And that is going well. He's progressing. He's doing well. Things are moving in the right direction. Woods has been around the L.A. area in recent months with a brace around his leg. He still didn't look anywhere close to 100% in the photos. However, Stricker's remarks give some glimmer of hope that the legendary golfer will be back on the course. Stricker is the captain of the Ryder Cup team. The event is set to be played at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. Big D. We'll have more updates on the Cowboys as well as the U.S. Open women's tennis next segment. Ryder Cup, by the way, Paul, is only a 14-hour ride from New York to get to Whistling Straits, you know. You want to go? <laughs> I may have some tickets if I wanted them. So. Nice. I don't know if you want to get in a car for 14 hours, but we well, can discuss. Not unless vac- you get we, tested every we six can, hours. <laughs> we can discuss vaccines on the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Delgado, you didn't jump in on that a whole back and forth. I love people. People think, oh, man, they must be angry at each other. Paul and I do about, what, uh, six hours of radio a week plus this show, yeah. two hours a night. There is no discussion that we haven't had. So, um, Delgado, you want to jump in on this? And that's the cool thing, too. Me and Dee can agree to disagree and be over in a minute. Like, so, and honestly, I don't think we disagree all that much. I mean, I. Right. So, so my position here is, let me, let me give you a different scenario. Yeah. I had COVID. I would never get the vaccine. If I hadn't had COVID, I would never get the vaccine. Why? Because I'm under the age of 50. I'm otherwise reasonably healthy. 
maybe need to hit the salad bar instead of maybe the cheeseburger no. stand. But other, no. than, other, than that, <laughs> other than a few pounds maybe here or there, oh, there's nothing no. else wrong with me. The guy's have, two donuts away from being the weight of a Volvo. <laughs> I, have total, <laughs> I have total confidence that my body would do what it has to do. I would not walk around being afraid that I could survive COVID and get it. And I, by the way, I got it and survived. I was sick for a week and that was it. Right. Okay, so that's my situation. My wife's a teacher. She has not had COVID. She said, do you think I should get the vaccine? Absolutely not. I would never encourage her to get it. I would tell her if she's got to get tested once a week to fulfill the requirement of the stupid governor of New York, then that's what she's going to have to do. And what, there's nothing she can do about it if she wants to still work. So she'll get tested. And I would never encourage her to get it, ever. I would never uh, vaccinate my children, uh, teenagers or younger, ever, under any circumstances, ever. Uh, with this, obviously, they got all their regular vaccines to go to school, all MMR and all, all these other things. We did it on our own pace. We didn't do the doctor's pace that they wanted to do three in one visit. So we were very aware of all of these situations. But when it came to my parents and this specific disease, I weighed what I thought was the benefits, the risks of both scenarios. And I thought the, the scenario that benefited them the most given the J&J one-shot platform at the time, this was early on in 2020, uh, 2020, I guess it was, or was it earlier this? I don't exactly remember. It was early when J&J came on the market. I thought them getting it, that was the safest and would give them the most benefit to be able to go and live their life without worrying about catching this and then what happens if they do and they're not protected. So, Rick, do you want to jump in? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand your point of view. My mom is in that at-ridge age group as well. She's got some health issues as well, but I was adamantly against it. Uh, I was like, you're, you're, you've already got immune problems. Why would you introduce another drug into your system? That was my argument. My sisters were the other way. They pushed her to get it. She felt that she wanted to get it. Maybe it's because they, they, they you know, kind of influenced her. I don't know. And you were willing to take the chance that if she got it, what? What do you mean, if she got it? Her body would fight it? She'd be able to deal with it at the hospital? What were you thinking if... Yeah, well, I, I was, when this whole thing broke, um, I was already you know, pushing on toward natural things like the extra vitamin C, the vitamin D, the elderberry, which is great for the immune system. Just all these natural things. It's like, look, as long as you take care of yourself, your, your immune system, we're fighting hundreds of viruses anyway every single day. Where, where we walk, where we breathe, in a bathroom, in a building, outside, what have you. We're all, this is what our body does. So why am I going to mess with the natural immune system because it seems to be working pretty well and introduce something or, or trust something that I really don't know much about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it, so, so the scientists are saying, don't trust your body, which has been working pretty well now for 50 plus years. No, 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 no. Here, try this. We don't know what's going to happen in, in six months, eight months, a year, two years down the road, but trust us. I'm good. I think, yeah. uh, I think, uh, I think it's working. Yeah. And, uh, so, th so that's my, my, yeah. Yeah. Let me chime in too. Uh, my, both my parents had COVID-19 and I urged them not to get the vaccine. I told them, please do not get it. So they have not gotten it and neither have I. And they had COVID. They had COVID. That's why I said, no, don't, they don't need to get it. I, I really felt very adamant about that yeah. because they had COVID. Yeah. And, and well, you're like your parents' age. They're in their mid seventies. Yeah. And absolutely. If that was the situation, I would have felt the same way. Yeah. And um, that's one of the things, again, when you watch the speech today, um, 
I mean, there, there were so many lies that was hard to keep track of. I mean, he really is, uh, he's so easy to just despise as a human being, knowing his track yeah. record of, of just who he is in situ- for certain situations, what he's done to people when he was on senator. But um, there were so many lies that was hard to keep track of today. But one of the things, once again, he pits American against American, unvaccinated against vaccinated, but yet he never talks about the unvaccinated. Is it how much of the percentage of whatever the percentage of people who haven't been vaccinated, 80 million, whatever that represents, 30%, 35%, whatever he said. Well, how many of them, that percentage had COVID? How many of them have better immunity than your stupid shots give them? How many of them think, well, I had it. I don't need to get vaccinated. We never asked those questions. No no one seems to ever have an interest in the people who aren't vaccinated. What is the demographics of these people? Why? All right, more when we get back. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. There will be no nationwide mandate. I was referring to mandates by private institutions and portions of the federal government. There will be no federal mandate. One that's not the role of the federal government. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. But you would never mandate, at least I do not think you would. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if you mandated it for any element of the general public. We're live from Studio 6B on a Thursday. It's pretty amazing. That little quack can go around, lie to Congress, um, and he's going to be employed forever. And yet, here's the government today. It's going to basically decide whether you can be employed or not. No one has any interest in his employment. He he doesn't have to worry about it. Why is he not being investigated? I mean, at what point? I mean, he lied to Congress. Why is he not being investigated? Why is he not in jail? What is going? I mean, this is this well, is crazy. Yeah. Speaking uh, of jail, you, I mean, you, you everybody went to Epstein's Island. How could we never heard anything about those? Because there's two sets of laws for us plebs and the, uh, and, you know, and, and and the aristocrats. It's all there's. It's a joke. It's a joke. It, Prin- it's, Prince Edward is on the run now because they busted him, and now he. I mean, how much evidence is that guy doing all kinds of creepy stuff at Epstein's Island and everywhere else? And he, there's no there's no justice anywhere. It's it, the whole thing is it's, it's the whole thing is so far gone. It is uh, the Fauci thing is really amazing, and um, I'll tell you the other thing that's amazing. And I, I'm reminded because I watched some of these clips that we've played them before. Kamala Harris in the debate. I'm not. Ta- I'm not taking it. Joe Biden. Well, it's going to be very hard to get people to, even if there is a vaccine, like Trump says. You know, oh, the vaccine. Trump. No, I'm not going to trust this vaccine. If Trump, I'm. You know, all of that demagoguery that we got from them on this. These are the these are the same vaccines that the Trump administration rolled out. That this guy's done nothing to kick the can down the road. He's done nothing to get this under control through all of his masking, all of his vaccines, all of his uh, all of his other treatments that we have. The numbers are worse this year than they were last year. So you can go through all of it. He's done nothing to get this under control. Nothing. But the media won't lay it at his feet, every death at his feet, like they did for President Trump. But these are the same vaccines that the Trump administration rolled out that they demagogued against. 
for months. And now these are the same people getting on TV telling, telling you now that they want to mandate them. And I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to jump out here and say, oh, it's unconstitutional, but this is an easy call, never stand up. One of the big issues you have in this country is you have judicial activists sitting on every court everywhere. And you've already seen some of it in some of these rulings, in some of the dissents. Um, most recently, I believe, out of the Supreme Court, there was some case, and one of the, the dissents from one of the liberal judges was like, I remember reading it, basically was saying, well, you know, the president makes a lot of sense here. It's, it, this is a pandemic time, and this is a, this is a critical, crucial time, so we probably should do they're just willing to throw out. They're willing to throw out the Constitution. They're willing to throw out your liberty. And, and in the name of saying, well, this is like a time like none other. Like that puts a halt to all of it. So to me, this is a much closer, it's going to be a much closer call than I think one would think upon looking at it. And you're going to hear a lot of people, oh, don't worry, it's unconstitutional. Uh, I would worry. I would be very worried. If this is challenged, how it's challenged. Now, he doesn't have a statute here. He's using an OSHA Um. Whatever, he, whatever it's called, I don't know if it's an, uh, he's using some OSHA um, regulation. So how this is challenged, I don't know. But I wouldn't be so quick to just think, I don't know how you guys feel about it, to just think that this is a no-brainer overreach. I mean, we know it's an overreach. We don't need to be told that. As he says today, actually, we have, I mean, not that I want to watch this again, and I know you don't want to watch it, but I do want to touch on a couple things. Uh, do we have the one G where he talks about it's not about your freedom, it's not about your whatever? Well, let's just go, let's just go cut one because there's a bunch of things I want to comment on. So let's just go cut one. Roll that. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated. Okay, so stop. So this Even is what I said before the break. 80 million Americans still not vaccinated. He, there's no discussion on who these people are. Why are they are vaccinated? Have they had COVID? Do they have natural immunity? We never talk about the study after study after study. There was one today um, that I have here, another one. New studies finds evidence of superhuman immunity to COVID-19 in some individuals who had it. This is uh, in, uh, from NPR, believe it or not. Um, Joanna Miller. Why isn't anyone talking about natural immunity today? Another article. There's no discussion about natural immunity. There's no discussion about how many Americans have it. And I've brought this up before in places like New York and other places. It, the whole argument is literally like check your common sense at the door. Well, let's just take teachers, for example. Teachers who are unvaccinated have to be tested each and every week. Teachers who are vaccinated, the CDC tells us that vaccine's not stopping them from getting sick. But yet they don't have to be tested every week. So who's putting who in what danger here? And isn't the whole point of getting vaccinated, if you've gotten vaccinated, you shouldn't have to worry about what I've done or what I haven't done? Isn't that the whole point of them? Yeah, it's like buying something that's waterproof and then you drop it in the water and then it doesn't work anymore. Well, if it doesn't work, that means it wasn't waterproof. That means the vaccine isn't really a vaccine now, is it? This whole argument about vaccinated, unvaccinated, what they're trying to do with teachers um, as far as they have to get tested weekly, workers have to get tested weekly. Now there's some places he's not even allowing the, the, the weekly testing to be an option. Now it's either get it or that's it. 
But yet, did you notice? I saw this. Did you see this? Guess who's um, guess who's exempt from this? The United States Postal Service. Yeah. Why? They're not six hundred and forty-four thousand uh, workers of the USPS are not part of this mandate. So the guys who handle your mail, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about them. No, no, they're not. They're not a part of it. They're not a part of it. So it's really check your common sense at the door with some of this. You know, we've grown up like we've grown up on, you know, right versus left, McDonald's versus Burger King, Coke versus Pepsi. We've we've grown up in in the last 40 years of duopolies. Right now it's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. It was black versus white. It was gay versus straight. It's man versus woman. It's I mean, it's been one thing after another thing after another thing. And when they when it just stopped working, they were trying to divide people at every level of every little corner of private group. Well, let's go to this. Let's let's do the greatest weapon of all fear. Right. Let's do the fear of. COVID killing grandma or killing my kid or, or, or people saying I'm healthy, leave me alone. You know, it, it, they, they, it's a nonstop game of divide and conquer. It's just all it is. But this time there's a huge payday at the end of the rainbow for these corporate monsters. That's all there is to it. Well, that, well, that and the it. unions. Yeah. Well, be, yeah, be, that too. Because, you know, Damon, based on what you said there, the postal union. I remember when they, they, first, they first started talking about mandates, the Postal Union was one of the first ones that said, no, 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 and, and made a big stink. And now, as you pointed out, well, now they're exempt. Oh, I wonder who else is going to be exempt. Well, yeah. you notice the teachers' unions are fighting for this. Why? Because it's the money that you got to follow the money, right? What are they going to do? They want more money. Well, we need more money if we're going to open schools and we're going to do this and we're going to, and you have to do this and you have to do that. It's the unions, the people at the head of the unions, not the, not the, not the postal workers, not the teachers, not, not the nurses and everything like that. The nurses, you know, around the country, they're fighting as well for these mandates against them. Think about that. Healthcare workers are banding together, risking their jobs because they don't want to take what they're being told they have to give everybody else. Can you imagine working at a business that today the president tells them if, if they work for you, you, they either have to get vaccinated or they, or they get fired. And think about being a person who's, if you went to talk to their doctor, their doctor had a legitimate reason, which is another group of this 80 million people who haven't been vaccinated. How many of them have a doctor that if you spoke to said, you know, I really strongly advise them given their current condition of X, Y, and Z of getting this? How many of those people exist? Do we do we even care what these what these what kind of harm these people and danger they could be in if they had to get forced to get this when their own per- personal physician who might otherwise be all for vaccinations, most of them are, might say, you know, in his case, I would advise him against this because of whatever whatever and whatever. There's no consideration even given to something like situation like that. He doesn't even ask questions. It's flat out they either, if they work for you, they're vaccinated or they can't work. And we're making that call on the federal level. Yeah. Again, it's that one size fits all mentality when every single person is different. Even, even twins might have a different issue when it comes to their health. But they don't want to take that into consideration. They just, you know, we just control you all. We just put you, pack you all in here. Uh, everybody gets a shot. And, and, you know, if you survive, great. If you don't, whatever. Uh, they don't care. They don't care. It's all about the power and the money. What's the data on people who've got the vax and got the Delta variant versus the people who haven't gotten the vax 
and got the Delta variant. Well, they can't tell you that. They're not, al- they're not allowed to tell you what variant you might have had. Plus, they can't even identify it because, again, we don't have a test. Remember, the CDC says the, uh, the PCR test, well, that doesn't work. That's why they're trying to replace it by the end of the year. So now where are all these numbers coming from? They're making them up. They're not real. New York State has shut down all of their testing centers. I know this for a fact. But meanwhile, numbers are going through the roof? Really? I'm sorry. I call call shenanigans. And let me tell you one other group that I never heard anything about today. Speaking of who's been tested, who's been vaxxed, who's going to be required to get this, who's going to be required to get that. There was one group that besides the USPS that he left out. You know who that was? People at the southern border. For some, for some guy who's so angry uh, and is attacking governors, pitting American against American, you know the one thing I did not hear him talk about, surprisingly, is uh, because if he was serious about this yeah, and had right. any, any dignity, an ounce of it in his body, he would have at some point said today, and I'm closing down the southern border to make sure as he tells us that there's refugees all over the country coming in from Afghanistan, the southern border's wide open. We know people coming across the border have COVID, are not being tested, not being required to be vaccinated, barely know who they are. Yet, no discussion about that group of people today. Not a single word. Or if you're going to let them flood over the borders, why not just have jabs waiting for them all? Let's just inject them all. Just inject, the, let them be the case study. I mean, they don't care about us, so why not just get them too? Why, why are they coming over without getting jabbed? They, they're, already, they're already being contained through, you know, over the border, so you're letting them in, you're shipping them off to swing states, jab them. But well, not only are they not doing that, we don't even know who they are. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. Meanwhile, but meanwhile now, you know, uh, Miss uh, you know, McGillicuddy, my, the kindergarten teacher, is going to lose her job because she don't want to get vaxxed. But meanwhile, these guys coming over the border, coyotes coming over the border, right? Nah, they have all the freedom in the world. Don't worry about it. Be better, I'd be better off stripping my citizenship, going down to Mexico, and just humping over the border with, with no identity. And in the end, remember all this. It's basically, it's all your fault. Whatever the problem is, it's your fault. The COVID thing is all you unvaccinated. It's all your fault. Everybody in hospitalizations, it's all your fault. Climate change, it's all your fault. Because of how you live. Whatever it is. Extreme weather. Whatever it is, whatever we want to call it, it's all your, you, you. It's all your and mine and his and his. It's all your fault. Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. 
Uh, opening night of the NFL is underway. Let's get an update here on the uh, game. Let's go right to Rick Amorati, who does sports here on the show. Mr. Amorati, how are you doing? How he just relishes in my pain, Big D. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers right down the field like it was last season. 7 nothing. Tampa Brady, uh, what is he, 6 for 8, 86 yards. Hits Chris Godwin over the middle on a seam. Five-yard touchdown pass, and they're up 7 nothing. And, uh, well... There you go. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they they went, uh, what, 90 yards there in four and a half minutes? I think that's what it was, Paul, yes. 90 yeah. yards in about four minutes. On nine plays, that's averaging 10 yards a click. Not I, bad. I think that's what it was. That that's looks, that that's Dallas D doing Playoff now. ready there. Yeah, let's see if Dak has an answer here. Well, like I think he does. <laughs> Dak looks sharp coming out of this. Thing, so. Looked okay. like me, Paul, and Rick, and uh, Gio, and Fran on defense. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. Well, hey, it looks like a little bit of an upset brewing in Flushing. Uh, Layla Fernandez is now up 4-3 in the second Layla. set. She took the first set 7-6 over number two, Arena uh, Sabalenka. That's a, that's, a, that's a big upset. So we'll see what happens. But uh, looking good in U.S. Women's Open singles. Uh, we got Rodeo, Fort Madison, Iowa, the great state of Iowa. We love Iowa. At the C.E. Eddie Richards. I'm starting to sound like President Trump. Uh, bareback riding. Warren <laughs> <laughs> Morrison, 89 and a half points on six. Can we do? <laughs> hey, on rodeos, ain't no angels. Seventy-five hundred dollars steer wrestling. Dakota Eldridge, we know Dakota Eldridge. He's out there all the time. Four and a half seconds, seventy-five hundred dollars as well. Good payouts here. Team roping, another group that we see all the time. Caleb Driggers and Junior Noguera, six point nine seconds. They picked up thirty-seven hundred each. Saddle Bronc riding. Sage Newman, ninety and a half points on Ricky Bobby. Must be a Whitney Houston. No thing. way, <laughs> Ricky great. Bobby. Yeah, Whitney Houston fans. Here's the you? audience. Paul's Jugger. I'm looking at you. <laughs> you know, Paul's Jugger has its own Twitter. I, oh, yeah, I told you yesterday. Yeah, I sound like Biden now. I can't remember. <laughs> it doesn't have as many followers. As I tell you, Paul had Jugger knots before. Uh, anyway, tied out roping. Marcus Costa, 9.4 seconds. By the uh, way, your Paul's Jugs is running behind Rick's Prince style. That has more followers. Just there so really you know. is a Paul's Jug Twitter, too? Yeah, yeah there oh, is. That's great. I got to find that. <laughs> what did you think? I was kidding when I told you that? <laughs> I thought you were kidding at first. Yeah. I saw that was serious. No, it's serious. Yep, getting juggy with it. That's a big fan. I, if they want an 8x10 glossy you know, speaking, of my jug, I'll sign it for Hey, them. speaking of that, they actually did a poll. What should we be What should They did a poll. And Who did I, a poll? You did a poll? poll Paul's Jug's Twitter. And I voted in it. That's oh, how serious was, I take question? it. It was something about what should we name something or other. Paul's Jug. What, a new name. P. Yeah. Juggy. Uh, this, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I he's, voted in it. I forget which one I voted Peace for. Peace Jug but. you voted for. Everybody voted for Peace Jug. Uh, I don't and, think that was it because that's lame. I wouldn't have voted for that name. It was, we, that, you, you don't, I don't think you have that right. Yeah, we're we'll getting juggy with it. Uh, and tonight <laughs> out west, the Washington State Fair Pro Rodeo. Also uh, at the uh, uh, Puyallup, uh, Washington. Uh, that's going to be a good one as well. And uh, we'll have results on that for tomorrow. Um, and ESPN's Allison Williams is skipping college football season over company's COVID vaccine mandate. Right what we're talking about tonight, boys. Allison Williams said she was advised not to get the COVID vaccine while trying to get pregnant. This is Ryan Gatos of Fox News. ESPN college football reporter Allison Williams said Thursday she will not be on the silence for games this season as she decided not to take the coronavirus vaccine while she and her husband try for a second child. Williams wrote in her tweet, her heart hurts for having to skip the college football season. While my work is incredibly important to me, uh, the most important role I have is as a mother throughout our family um, planning with our doctor as well as fertility specialists. I've decided
decided not to receive the COVID-19 vaccine at this time while my husband and I try for a second child. Williams has been on the sideline for ESPN college reporting for the past 15 years, and she's a bit of a star in the college football world with uh, reporting. But she said it was a deeply difficult decision to make, and it's not something I take lightly. I understand vaccines have been essential to the effort to end this pandemic. However, taking the vaccine at this time is not in my best interest. So uh, hey, kudos to Allison Williams for uh, doing what she believes. What a traitor. Away. Yeah. You know, Biden hates you now, Allison. Yeah. Yeah. Americans hate her in general because she's one who keeps this pandemic going. Yeah. Yep. And that's a wrap in sports for this segment for me, Big D. I'll be back uh, later with an update on the Cowboys. All right. Very good, Rick. Uh, very good. It's um, so disobedient for her not to take her uh, forced medicine. What a what a bad person. Well, ESPN definitely has more than 100 employees, so they're... Um... Are you kidding me? That's the woke mob. You, yeah, they, well, I know they they'll don't be care. Drinking, they'll be drinking jugfuls of the, <laughs> of the vax. It will be interesting to see if there's a corporation with 100 plus um, more who say, no, nah, I don't think so, and what that looks like. What's at their disposal? Do they go to court? Do they go under some, you know, what, what's the, uh, it'll also be interesting to see, by the way, what Biden's enforcement uh, mechanism is here. Rick, you're going to be happy. It's a tie game. All um, right. It'll be interesting to see what Rick, uh, what Rick, what uh, Biden's enforcement uh, looks like here. Also. Well, I, I can think of one company that might have uh, over a hundred employees. Okay. Uh, that offers a 66% discount when you uh, use LFS6B on checkout. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know, that's a really Good interesting point. point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about the 100 employees thing, though. I think they run a pretty lean machine Yeah, I think in it was Minnesota. in the 50s, right? I'm not sure. It could be way over. I, I Either really way, he's don't such know. a patriot, he's going to hire 50 more people just as an... <laughs> just you know, just how do I get to that number? <laughs> that's, that's also a good point. Uh, but that, you know, I know one for sure, because they've already come out and said that they have over 100 and they will not do this, is the Daily Wire guys. Uh, Jeremy Boring, who I believe is the president and CEO, or maybe just the CEO, uh, came out and said, we have under over 100 and there's no chance we're going to do this. And we're going to look at every avenue to push back. So it'll be interesting to see what those avenues are. Uh, all right, so let, let's just go back a little bit because uh, I, started out, I started in on Biden today, as hard as that is to stomach. But let's just go back and remember where we were with, um, not, let's go 22G, not all too long ago. Roll that. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. I'll do everything in my power as president of the United States to encourage people to do the right thing and when they do it demonstrate that it matters. That's why I said on my, in my inaugural speech I'm going to ask people to commit for 100 days to wear a mask. Not because I'm asking it uh, to, for any reason to punish. This is not a political issue. It's become one. But if people do it for 100 days in the middle of what will be still a raging crisis and the vaccine is able to be distributed, they're going to see deaths drop off the edge. They're going to see hundreds of thousands of people not getting sick. And my hope is they'll be then inclined to say, okay, it's worth, it's worth the patriotic duty to go ahead and protect other people. So given what he just said and where we are now, is that not a total indictment of the fact that he's been an utter absolute failure? 
an absolute utter failure in doing anything to, as he said, I'm going, not going to shut down the, uh, the, the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. Well, he's done nothing. He's done nothing of the sort. He's had everything at his disposal, thanks to the Trump administration. And he's done nothing to make it any better. It's, he's lost total. He has no control over it. They have no plan. And it's gotten worse since he got into office. Even with whatever the number is of people who have been vaccinated. They keep moving the goalposts. They keep moving the balls. They're changing the definitions of things. And he's, he's done a complete 180 from there. And in part, he's done a complete 180 because he's been a failure. And nothing has worked. He has nothing under control. And as we know now, as the CDC director said, these vaccines are not going to work in the, in the way that we think vaccines work. Like you get a vaccine because you don't want to get the measles and you don't ever get it. Well, these, these will not prevent you from getting it. So it's just a total, he's, he is an utter, total disaster. from Studio 6B on a Thursday night, 9 p.m. on the East Coast, hour two. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's here with his jug, with the news, I mean. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Just jumped in, looked at the chat. Audience is involved. Say hello to the audience. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being involved. Thank you for being fired up. We like it. Even the... Um, well, I think I, uh, they're probably most vicious towards me, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, well, cause you have to, <laughs> Just want to make sure. Cause, yeah, because you got to play it straighter than us because, you know, you know the people on the network come down and give you all kinds of help. They don't know how to get in touch that's with not us. True. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's, that's partly true. They don't Paul's phone number. <laughs> Big like, D, he owns the key to the reservation. <laughs> I'm going to give my right? phone number out if they're listening. <laughs> yeah, please it's don't. It's four. Yeah, it's four. Only four. Uh, so I, I want to revisit history for one more clip, and then we'll get back to what happened today. Cut 23, G. So this was uh, the town hall that he did with little Georgie, Georgie Porgy, of course, who asked no questions, as none of them had, and ever ask any questions. But this was a voter who asked this question, who voted uh, for President Trump. And uh, let's remember how this went down. Cut 23, roll it. Kelly Lee, she's from Philadelphia. Thank you. Republican. Uh, voted for Donald Trump in 2016, undecided now. Hey, Kelly, how are you? 
Hi, Mr. Biden. My question is about the coronavirus vaccine yes. or potential. Uh, Senator Harris stated that she absolutely would not take a vaccine from President Trump. Oh. And of course, we all know it's not President Trump that would create this vaccine. It would be doctors and scientists that presumably we all trust. So my question for you is, if a vaccine were approved by between now and the end of the year, would you take it? And if you were to become president, would you mandate that everyone has to take it? Two things. Number one, President Trump talks about things that just aren't accurate about everything from vaccines. We're going to have one right away. It's going to happen and so on. The point is that if the scientists, if the body of scientists say that this is what is ready to be done and it's, it's been tested, it's gone through the three phases, yes, I would take it. I'd encourage people to take it. But President Trump says things like, you know, everything from this crazy stuff he's walking away from now, inject oh, bleach see, in your you, arm. You see, stop for a second. <laughs> you see, he couldn't just leave it at that. He, he had a lead into that comment with saying, well, President Trump says crazy things, and now he has to lead out of it by saying. So, you know, again, we have these discussions on why there's some hesitancy in the American people. You had him doing this. You had the vice president doing it over and over in the debates in front of the biggest audience that you could have as the entire world's watching those three, uh, as it ended up being two debates, one vice presidential debate, demagoguing against it. We know what they were doing. They were playing politics. That's exactly, they didn't care about the, the, what they, they never thought this vaccine would be here. And just the idea that it was going to be number one, they told you he was crazy. Number two, they told you that he didn't believe his experts when certain things came up. They said, well, your expert says this, are you disagreeing with them? And he'd say, well, yes, I, I've talked to him. I think they're wrong. I think we can have it quicker than they think we can have it. I can remember multiple discussions like that. Things like this. And yet these are the same people today going, oh, you, you, you terrible people who are unvaccinated, who have some hesitancy, who are not really sure if you want to, oh my God, I wonder where that started or who it came from. I mean, so just to remember here what we're dealing with. Go ahead, G. That's going to work. I'm not being a bit, I'm not being facetious. Though. I mean, he's actually said these things. And now Regenerin is the answer. That's going to cure everything. There's 500,000 doses. We've got a couple, you know, we have a, more than a few million people. Um, you know, and so, and most of the, if you notice, most of the companies who are developing these vaccines are, are working, they're making real progress. I meet with four leading scientists at least twice a week in the beginning, four times a week, giving us the detail on what kind of progress is being made. And right now they do the right thing. When they run into a serious problem, they halt the test. They don't continue until they figure out what the problem was. They're not there yet. And the most scientists say it's not likely to have a vaccine that would be available until the beginning of next year, into the, into the spring of next year. And in the meantime, what I worry about is the same thing with Regenerin, which is, which is a useful antidote, not antidote, a useful uh, tool. But what's happening is there is no plan to figure out how to distribute it. How many, you know, we have 500,000, you know, uh, um, vials of it. Well, we don't have all the testing equipment. We don't have all the ability to get it to the people who need it. And what we should be doing now, and allegedly it's happening, but I've not seen it yet, nor the docs that I've talked to have seen it. There should be a plan when oh. we have the vaccine, how do we distribute it? And once we get it, if it's safe, it's, if it's effective, will you mandate its use? The answer is depending on how clear there's vaccines, they say, 
have a very positive impact and they're going to affect positively 85% of the American public. Or there's others say this vaccine is really the key. This is, this, is the, this is the golden key. It depends on the state of the nature of the vaccine when it comes out and how it's being distributed. That would depend on. But I would think that we should be talking about depending on the continuation of the spread of the virus, we should be thinking about making it mandatory. How could you enforce that? Well, you couldn't. That's the problem. Just like you can't afford, you can't enforce measles. You can't, you can't come to school unless you have a measles shot. You know, you can't. But you can't say everyone has to do this. But you would, just like you can't mandate a mask. But you can say you can go to every governor and get them all in a room. Okay, so stop it, G. So that's the, key, that's the key part. He's asked directly from George there. But how would you? And he says, well, you can't. He says, but that doesn't, that doesn't stop you basically from saying it. But that's not the strategy of what we heard today. Now, maybe, maybe it is, and we just don't realize it yet, that they think that any challenge to this um, will maybe be, take so long that if people want to keep their job, they'll, they'll have capitulated by then, so it won't matter. I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's all about breaking it down to say, I got no more fighting me. What do you want me to do? All right. Give me what you got. No problem. What? I got it every year. I got to get it. Okay. No problem. Everyone's just, you know, not everyone. So many people are just going to roll over because they just don't have the fight in them to say, no, nah, no, I'm not taking it. I'm not losing my job. People are just going to roll over. And, and once they get it, they'll be on that team and. And once they're on that team, it'll the scales will weigh, and then it'll be just a handful of people left. The independent people left will be isolated, and the people who are independent who don't need government, you know, it's the, get everyone on the government dole, and then control them even more. I mean, this. Thank God, there's some form of federalism left with Florida and Texas, and let's hope other states emerge. Otherwise, we're screwed. Well, that, that, that's that's what we saw with Ryan Tannenhill last month, right? <laughs> Where his big thing was, well, I got it. He didn't seem like he wanted to, but he's like, I just want to get along. Yep. Yeah, things will go back to normal, right? No. What about the video you posted of Wallace? Remember what the woman said who was sick? Yeah. What did she say, right? She said, they're going to just wear me down until right. people have to get it. Well, well it's you- no different than any government entity, right? Think about it in the, um, in the financial realm. If the SEC comes after you, what are they really doing? They're not coming after you because they think they're going to get to some kind of an ending. They're coming after you because they have unlimited resources and they know at some point you're going to say, well, it's going to cost me more to defend myself all the way to the end. Even if I believe in defending my name is more important than the money, most people are not going to make it to the end. You're right. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't the IRS have like a 99% win rate? That's pretty good business <laughs> if you can get it. <laughs> well, with some of these businesses, though, like, like the, you know, the healthcare industry, the people that are fighting it, fighting it there. I, I read something today where you know what the um, the the adult homes, you know, all all the retirement homes, they're th- those people are freaking out. Why? Because their workers, they're they're they could lose thirty to forty percent of their workers. Thirty to forty percent. You know how much they have to shut down. Same with hospitals. So I don't. You know what? I think if they hold the line, these people, I think they're going to win. Because you can't shut down the hospitals, right? They're saying the hospitals are overflowing. We need people, you know, to, to take care. Of. Well, you know what? Half of your uh, half of your employees don't want to take it. What are you going to do? Shut down the hospital? 
I, I think they're in a winning position. Yeah, I was talking to my friend the other day. I'm sorry, Rick. No, that's okay. I'm just saying, I think when it comes down to service and money and the, the existence of your business, is like, am I going to give up my entire business because I got to shut down half of it because these people don't want to take it? Or do I just say, you know what? I'm going to keep my doors open. The more people that keep their doors open and say, mm, to you, to the government, they can't stop us all. It's as simple as that. We well, outnumber them. That's why I'm interested, and that's why I said I'll be interested to see what the enforcement arm looks like of this. And then, uh, you know, because there's cert- there are case laws, if you go back into the early, early 1900s, I believe, in some of the early cases on vaccines. Um, I know there's the one Massachusetts versus, some, uh, I don't remember the name, but um, where it was, you know, what's the appropriate penalty? Is it just a single penalty? And then if it's more than that, when does it become, um, you know, something that, you know, this ends up at the Supreme Court again, which I would assume most people think that some version of this will, whether it's on the penalty stage or whether it's the actual enforcement of the action, whether it can be done or not. I'm not smart enough to know that, but I would think some one of these parts of it, whether it's the actual, whether he has this, whether he has the power to do this or... Uh, whether somebody, whether there's an enforcement on any of this, and then where does it become too much? What really can enforcement be for someone who says no? Is it a single penalty? Is it not? Is it more than that? Well, aren't there some people who are being forced to pay like $40 a week if they don't want to get vaxxed? They got to actually pay more money to, to work there? There's so much lunacy going on. Um, so just a couple different takes on all this. We've been giving you our take on it all night. Um, Stacey Lennox says, uh, Democrats, Democrats believe that experts whom you have no confidence in should rule you. And that's what happened today. Uh, and the government's responsible for you from the cradle to the grave because of this decidedly, uh, paternalistic view, President Joe Biden made good on his promise to unveil a new plan to get COVID-19 under control, a plan that includes a vaccine mandate for companies with more than 100 employees. He opened his speech today by expressing confidence that we could, quote, turn the tide on COVID-19. Well, according to the CDC's own data, we already have. Cases and deaths are declining, and they provide the charts here on both of those. Of course, this is a desperate pivot away from the continuing dumpster fire in Afghanistan and bad economic news. Over the past few weeks, Biden had high approval ratings for his handling of COVID-19 earlier in the summer. He hopes to refocus Americans on something they have trusted him on in the past. When he began speaking, he reinforced the divide between vaccinated and unvaccinated. Quote, many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective, and free, Biden said. He doesn't acknowledge that approximately 140 million people have recovered, providing a barrier to infection. He then asserts that Americans are confused about what is true and false about COVID-19. He went on to blame the economic problems on COVID-19. He emphasized that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated a second time without acknowledging that countries with much higher vaccination rates, like the UK and like Israel, saw the same surge as we did. A distinct minority of Americans supported by a distinct minority of elected officials are keeping us from turning the corner, he said. According to Biden, pandemic politics are killing people. I'll finish this when we get back.
No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. There will be no nationwide mandate. I was referring to mandates by private institutions and portions of the federal government. There will be no federal mandate. One that's not the role of the federal government. I don't think you'll ever see a mandating of vaccine, particularly for the general public. But you would never mandate, at least I do not think you would. Uh, I'd be pretty surprised if you mandated it for any element of the general public. All right, live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Thursday night, September 9th on the East Coast, 17 past the hour. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news here in a second. Let's go to the audience. A um, lot of lot going on tonight. Uh, let's go to the email, lfs6b at yahoo.com. Roxanne says, um, just came in. So happy to have found this show. Love finally hearing the truth. I couldn't find the online chat. Well, that's available at livefromstudio6b.com, www.com. Live from Studio6B.com. She says, we really enjoy you guys and all the conversation. Thank you for pointing out all of Biden's failures. Well, that's pretty easy to do. Um, Calvin says, you are correct. A lot will take the vaccine because they don't have the fight in them. The plant I work at will fight because the people not vaccinated will fight back. We just aren't sure the union will fight with us. That was kind of what you were uh, you were saying, Paul. Mm. Um, well, it's a lot of emails here. I guess we'll, uh, I'll continue to go through them. Harry, Harry says, uh, my pillow in 2017, my pillow employed 1500 people started out with five people in 2004 PS. I watch you every night. Thank you very much. And I guess that's our answer. Obviously well over a hundred for Mike Lindell and the guys, which I guess is not a surprise if you think about it. I just really hadn't thought about it, but, um, so it will be interesting to see companies like that who you know don't, uh, who are not going to be down with this, what they're going to do. All right, anything else um, going on in the chat on livefromstudio6b.com that's been interesting? I know they're fired up over there. Anything that's been uh, good over there? Any information? <clears throat> or just taking shots at me? <laughs> A lot of F Biden. Okay, that's of, good. You know, Maybe that's the college students chiming in, which is yeah. good. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of F Bidens and people pointing out, you know, the, the uh, appreciating pointing out the, uh, the difference from yesterday to today, so to speak, you know, last year to today, <clears throat> what you saw in his speech. Well, yeah, I mean, he's totally, I mean, he's, to- he's totally in a different place, but yet he doesn't acknowledge that any of that has to do with his complete utter failure to do anything about this since he's taken office. Well, no, it's, not, it's never about him. It's about us. And, and we're the bad ones, the unvaccinated. We're the pandemic. And, and do you remember that part? I don't know if you, you grabbed the clip where he already started talking. It was towards the end where he starts talking about, you know, the next pandemic. Yeah, which will come, he said. Which will come. Right. I mean, what, what do they talk about now? What's the next, the Lambda yeah, variant? The, and then after that is the Mu. The Mu, Mu variant, right? Right. And then after that, they say, what, the Omega is going to be the one that kills half the, the, the globe? They're saying by the time it gets to the Omega, it's going to be doomsday. I mean, they're going to break everyone down. All right. So let's go to cut two, G. This is the, um, the employees, 100 plus employees on the business. Roll that. As your president, I'm announcing tonight. A new plan to require more Americans to be vaccinated to combat those blocking public health. My plan also increases testing, protects our economy, 
and will make our kids safer in schools. It consists of six broad areas of action and many specific measures in each that in each of those actions you can read more about in whitehouse.gov. Well, at least you can read because he can't. Whitehouse.gov. At least he gave the right the website. Measures, these are going to take time to have full impact. But if we implement them, I believe and the scientists indicate that the months ahead we can reduce the number of unvaccinated Americans, decrease hospitalizations and deaths. Okay, now just stop it for a second. Does this not sound familiar to what he said in the town hall to the lady sitting up there in the balcony? It sounds exactly like what he said back then. But since then, it's been a fail. He's been a total failure. But now he blames you, moves the goalpost, and says, "Now it's like everything else the Democratic Party does. They have to pan today to sell you on the future. They have to pan what's going on now, blame it on some group." Put you all in groups, little boxes, and then sell you on more, just a little more government, a little less liberty for you, and we'll fix this. And then your life will go back to normal. It's always been. That's, <laughs> well, that's exactly how it's always been. What, you know, well, you trade a little bit of you know, uh, freedom for security and you'll get neither. You know, it's just always the way it's been. Yeah, but you're, it's never going to go back to normal. Because then the next one will come. Well, you know, we gotta, we we gotta get you the uh, the fourth booster, the fifth booster, right? Well, that's, that's you know, it. then maybe you can enjoy something. Soon it'll be people who have been vaccinated four times calling uh, people that have been vaccinated three times uh, the pandemic of the only three booster shots. You know, it's 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 um, yeah, you're an anti four B. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, it makes me think of, um, remember when I played Rand Paul, the speech he recorded? And I said, boy, what a good opening line. He said, they can't arrest us all. Remember that? Yeah. Just yeah. recently? It really makes you think of that. I, wish I, I really wish I had that clip from that movie, A Bug's Life, where they find all the ants realize that they, the grasshoppers is just too few of them and they can't stop all of them. Mm-hmm. It's it, like it, it was, it's such a great line. I mean... It's it's the truth, but the problem is people are too comfortable, too content, and the last thing they want to do is disrupt their happy little lives where they, you know, they got plenty of bread and circuses on seventeen hundred channels, you know, or, or entertainment at any click of the button anytime they want. People won't give in. People are just going to roll over. I mean, people won't, you know, unite. I just I just think it's you know going to come down to the last few of us are going to die on this hill and we're going to be stuck you know we're going to be screwed is my opinion i just don't know how many more people are going to i'm sorry do you really think more than half the population is going to stand up to this um yeah you know i hold out hope that what we've been talking about in this show the groundswell of of people really um thinking ahead to the midterms and thinking about the country and thinking about what they're seeing in front of their face. I, th- I don't know if I can answer your direct question, but um, no, I'm not going to give up hope that, that the answer to your question is yes. I don't know if it's just a blatant, uh, I don't know if it's just a pointed yes. I think it will happen, but... Um, you don't think the relentless, endless social engineering and propaganda is just going to get everyone to roll no, over? No, I think the majority of the American people will will not give. I, I don't. It's not in our DNA to give in. I yeah. don't think. You know what? I agree with you, and it and it just takes. Good. And I think it takes the right 
combination of leaders because not everybody's a leader, Paul. That's the problem. And I think that's where a lot of us kind of go, well, why aren't you doing this? Because most people won't say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do, I'm going to forge my own path here. Most people are employees. Most people don't want to, you know, put their butt on the line. But if you find the right people who will stand up and say, you know what? I'll put my butt on the line. Who's with me? You know, the old uh, <laughs> Delta House uh, thing from Animal House. Let's right. If you find the right people that, that, that can make that connection. Trump had, Trump had that. He, he could yeah. connect with people. If you find more people like that, like a DeSantis, yep. like a Rand Paul, who can get people to make that connection, be like, look, you're not in this alone. I know it's scary. I know you got life to deal with. I know you got kids to deal with. I know this isn't your main thing. You've got to pay bills, put food on the table, get your kids educated and get them off to school and and try and build a life for yourself after that. And by the way, there's enough problems in all of that, what you just said. And there's enough. And Biden's have enough of an impact on all of that besides anything else. Right. But if you get if you can find the right people to say, you know what, I'm going to follow the Derek Jeters of the world. They're going to lead us forward and I'll, I'll, I'll have his back at the most. Maybe I won't be out there on the front line, but I'll be right behind him saying I got you. I think there are some people even on the left at some point, if this continues, are going to I don't know where the line is for everybody. But there may be some that even say, you know, this is getting a little even for me. This is getting a little too. See. Hi, live from Studio Six B. Couple more segments, more sports, a little news. When we get back right after this. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B. New York Post, Joe Biden's speech on COVID was bizarrely incoherent. Well, I don't think anything he does that's incoherent is bizarre. He does it all the time. (laughs) Uh, He told the American people without qualification that fully vaccinated people are at incredibly low risk. Quote, only one out of every 160,000 fully vaccinated Americans was hospitalized for COVID per day. Then he promised to shield them against the evil people who are threatening their very lives. We're going to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated co-workers. But Joe, you just said the vaccinated were already protected. The danger in what Biden himself called an epidemic of the unvaccinated is to, is to the unvaccinated. That is what all the data show. 99% of the hospitalizations and more than 99% of the deaths from the Delta variant are among the unvaccinated. More than 200 million Americans have been at least partially vaccinated. 73% of the 12 and over population that is allowed to get the shot, 63% are fully vaccinated. That number will close in on 75% by the end of September. What's, hap- what's happening with the Delta variant is terrible, and Biden spent a lot of uh, the speech um, imploring the unvaccinated to get the shot. They should. If they don't, they're incredibly stupid. And yes, this means you, he said. But it's not a crime to be stupid or to be foolish. Uh, people do self-destructive things all, all the time. Last year, when people did self-destructing things in relation to COVID, it was genuinely threatening to others because there was no vaccine. And now there is, and it works, and it saves you. Even so, Biden has gone all in on the six-pillar strategy to combat the scourge of the Delta variant, adopting a weirdly pessimistic tone. The path ahead, he informed us, is not nearly as bad as last winter. 
This is a sign that the talk was aimed at a very specific population, and it wasn't the unvaccinated towards whom he showed very little uh, contempt. Now, this speech was a Rube Goldberg message aimed at neurotic vaccinated people. Biden was saying that they shouldn't worry, but if they're worried, their worries are justified. Go figure that one out. (laughs) Oh, and don't worry, worriers. He was also announcing he's going to take action that are likely unconstitutional, using powers that the courts have repeatedly said were beyond the scope of the presidential authority to compel private businesses to act as he wishes them to act. And why? Well, to ease the very worries that he just tried to convince all of us actually (laughs) aren't worries. Well, it's one way to change the subject from Afghanistan, which is, of course, the point. So I thought that was pretty cute. Hey, hey speaking of Afghanistan, real quick, uh, fun fact is that all the people that have come out of Afghanistan, if they're, if they're going to be bringing them to this country, uh, they're instituting uh, that they take ivermectin. That's the directive from the State Department. Hey, speaking of that, I saw that. I mean, the the reporting on ivermectin is um, the politicization of science and the and the demagoguing going on about ivermectin and these people who get on social media and on TV and say, "Oh, they're taking worm de- a horse dewormers," it is is so appallingly um, political and not ill informed, and they know better, but they don't care. Is um, Quite astounding. I mean, found that we you didn't... mean like all the talking heads, like yeah. uh, what's that goofball? Jimmy uh, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel yep. and Howard Stern, the biggest hypocrite on the planet, um, or uh, Patton Oswalt, that, that creep who was at Epstein's Island nine times. We'll talk about those guys. You have that doctor from yesterday? Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. But more than that, even people in, the, people in medicine, unfortunately, which is really disturbing. I found this doctor yesterday. This is worth seeing. See what you guys think of her. I thought this was a pretty, I don't know what, how, how much you edited of this or what it, what's left, but this, I thought this was a pretty reasonable discussion. Let's listen a little bit of this. I, I unfortunately forget her name, um, but she talked about Kristen Ri- Dr. Reisinger, Christy Reisinger. Um, play a little bit of this, G. My name is Dr. Christy Reisinger, and today I'd like to give everyone a piece of my mind about ivermectin, medical misinformation, and censorship. I'd like to first start off by saying that if you've watched any of my videos, you know that I believe the vaccines to be safe and effective, and they're the best way to prevent serious illness, death, and hospitalizations. This will always be my top preventative strategy to fight COVID-19. Next, if you're a patient of mine and contract COVID-19, and meet certain high-risk criteria, such as an age greater than 65, or if you have other health conditions that increase your risk, such as being overweight or obese, have chronic kidney disease, diabetes, or chronic lung disease, I'm going to recommend that you get a monoclonal antibody infusion at a local infusion center or hospital if and when it's available. However, there is a subset of patients who have contracted COVID-19 who I feel should be given the consideration for treatment with ivermectin. Let me explain my reasoning and the latest data behind this. As much as the medical community would like to have everyone over the age of 12 vaccinated, as we've seen in the United States, there's always going to be a subset of the population that's simply not going to do this. 
either because they're concerned about the side effects or have had a reaction to vaccines in the past that may prevent them from considering the COVID-19 vaccines. Furthermore, as we have seen with the Delta variant, there are some patients that despite being vaccinated still contract COVID-19 and can have pretty miserable symptoms ranging from high fevers to loss of taste and smell and even some hospitalizations. Furthermore, there are patients that either do not have access to the monoclonal antibody infusions because of transportation issues or because the infusion centers are backlogged for several days because of high demand. And as we know, the earlier treatment is started in COVID-19, the better. And this is the subset of patients that I think should be considered for treatment with oral ivermectin, prescribed by a physician and obtained from a reputable pharmacy for up to five days or until symptoms resolve, whichever comes first. Okay, so let's stop it right is here. Data let's stop it for a second so I get the guy's thoughts. Here's the doctor. Here's my... She must be some kind of a quack. Here, yeah. Here's my... Here's my... Here's how I feel best can be, be um, prevented, and that's the vaccines. Here's what I think here. And then here's for a subset of people who I think should be... Now, if Dr. Fauci and every medical expert took this path and didn't just say it's this and everything else is not science anymore, would we be in a better place than we are today with this? We would be, but they wouldn't be able to get their one world government, new world order agenda. I mean, this is all about leading people to condition them to take these medicines so they can track your phone and let's see where you are. And it's all about control. And look, you see what's, in, what's going on in Australia, New Zealand, England. Especially Australia, you see the the well camps they're calling. It? I mean, they might as well just call them death camps. Uh, do you have? We have that actually. G, we can get back there if we have time. That's really. I just wanted to. Just common sense seems to be a lost art. And here's a doctor. You mean? And right. So what I'm saying is, common sense has been snuffed out. Twenty one. Science has been snuffed out. There's no debates anymore. We get one version of silence. Science. It's 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 psychotic. We have 91% of the media owned by the same groups of people, and, and they're all connected to BlackRock and Vanguard Group, and all these gigantic financial institutions are intertwined with these massive, monolithic, mega corporations that are borderless and don't give a crap about any country's sovereignty, any person's sovereignty, any state, any county, anything. They want to envelope all of it through their draconian law. And they got to control us all. That's, that's at the end of the day. So the, this common sense, this incredible approach, is being snuffed out. How is this video surviving YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I agree with all that. Just keeping with the, just the science part of it, though, I understand all of the end the end goals of what you just said. But just the science part alone, it's it's just incredible it's that we've gotten to a part a point in medicine and science that those kind of thoughts. This is my A, it will always be my A, but yet I'm open to B and C, C being the, maybe the one that most people would say, well, wait a second, but I'm at least open to looking at the data, and there's plenty of it, by the way, on ivermectin, plenty of it, plenty of studies, plenty of numbers, plenty of data, and she references it forward in this video. The whole thing's length. if you want to watch the whole thing, it's on our social media. But it, it is just stunning that, that she is... She is like a um, rainbow unicorn out there, never to be seen again in, in the field of medicine today.
Oh, yeah, she'll probably get canceled over that. Pharmacies that she'll write a prescription for it because of yeah, her, right. and she's reasoned and thought it through, and they won't fill it. Right, the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. Remember they wouldn't fill them? Yep. They're doing it now with ivermectin. She had a call and said, what do you mean you won't fill it? They said, no, we won't fill it. She said, I'm, I'm the doctor. This is why I'm doing it. Well, we're not going to fill it. That's where we're at. So Paul referenced Australia. You got that, G21? to put back in place, especially with reopening and people going back to pubs and stuff? Because our exposure sites still, will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And yes, it will be pubs and clubs and other things if we have a positive case there. Okay, Paul, the floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Go. <laughs> look, I mean, this is the stuff I've been, I was for. I took my tinfoil app because it's all, it's all out there now. We've, it's, we've been talking about this Pubs for 20 years. Well, well, you know what's, what's funny about this is they're trying to say that she misspoke. But how do you misspoke new world order? Wait, misspoke? Like, that's, not guy, a misspe- that's not misspeaking. What's the other guy's name? Hazard? He said it too. Yeah, he said New World Order too from the same same thing. This is we're gonna hear New World Order all over, just like when George Bush said we need a New World Order with his lipless face and his creepy eyes. They've been talking about this for forty years. One World Government, fifty, sixty, more than that. I mean, it's been, look. It, this is what the Rockefellers, the plutocrats, is what they wanted since Jump Street, right? Us and mouth look, breathers don't deserve to be here taking up the resources. And, and look what she referenced, too, the contact tracing. That's how, well, they got to keep track of you. What easier way to keep track of you to say, well, it's for medical reasons. It, it's not nefarious. Don't worry. We're not, we're not trying to pay attention to every single thing you do in your life. Yes, they are. Dude, what did I show you earlier? The, the social credit scores on, uh, in China. How else? Well, you've we... talked about those for a long time. Right. And it's in full bloom there. And we see it here, too. Look at the colleges that are cutting off kids' uh, internet, or you can't take, uh, you can't take an internet class because you're not, you're not vaccinated. How about Rutgers? Oh, we go a step farther now. This was in the New York Post um, September 7th, two days ago. Rutgers bars unvaccinated student from attending. You think I'm going to say classes? Oh, no, I'm not. From attending Virtual classes. Sick. What? Just pure evil. And sick. New Jersey student has said he is barred from taking classes at Rutgers University because he has not been vaccinated, even though he is only studying virtually from home. I swear this is a real story. Logan Holler, 22, told, told NJ.com that he largely ignored the school's COVID mandate because all my classes were remote. But he was locked out of his Rutgers email and related accounts when he went to pay his tuition at the end of last month and was told that he needed to be vaccinated even though he has no plans to attend Rutgers in person. Holler has now been forced to miss classes that started September 1st and has been warned it could be weeks before a decision is reached on his application for an exemption.
47 past the hour, 13 to the next. Live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Let's do some sports. And here with that's Rick Amirati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. Good one down in Tampa tonight. How's that print style behind you? Not getting a lot of uh, words in tonight. No. A little bit on mute. Okay. Mic, mic drop. Um, but anyway, Dallas Cowboys just went ahead on a field goal, 16-14, with about 3-16 to go in the second quarter. Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys on fire. 20 of 27, 196 yards, and two touchdowns, Big D. Greg Zerline missed a field goal and an extra point. Cowboys will be up even by more. So right okay. now, good game. Tom Brady having a pretty good night himself, 11 of 15 for 156 yards. And he hit his favorite receiver, Gronkowski, in the end zone for a touchdown earlier. So, good game. 16-14. A lot of football left. Can't wait to get out of here and watch it. Um, <laughs> the rest. Oh, how can I watch? I can't watch. Um, 19-year-old Canadian Layla Fernandez just upset number two, Arena Sabalenka, 7-6-4-6-6-4 to go on to the finals of the U.S. Open incredible and 18 year old Brit Emma Raducanu she's going to be she got pushed back till 10 o'clock her match against uh, Maria Sakari so uh, we'll see if we have two young ladies playing on Saturday for the U.S. Open Championship unbelievable great great upset and Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson signs multi-year agreement with WWE but will return to Minnesota Stevenson inked an NIL deal and will join the WWE roster while defending his NCAA heavyweight championship at Minnesota this is from Steve Toronto of CBS Sports after winning a gold medal in wrestling at the Tokyo Olympics a wealth of professional prospects and potential major opportunities made themselves available to Gable uh, Stevenson now Stevenson is set to join WWE while he tries to defend his most notable title in the U.S. Earlier today, WWE announced that they have signed Gableson <laughs> to an exclusive agreement what is the WWE's first ever name, image, and likeness with a college athlete. So this college athletic uh, you know, uh, marketing and capitalization and NIL yeah. deals, incredible. Right, really hold on one second there, Rick. Uh, it's time for sports. Wait. Here with that is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Oh, wait. This just in... Uh Tom Brady goes down the field uh, 57 yards in two plays to retake the lead. 21. Uh, All right. Don't you love these guys? Always love to give me the good news. I just love these guys. Back to sports yes. with uh, Rick Amorati. Love them like the plague. All right. Giraffe name for Cincinnati Bengals QB. Joe Burrow dies after falling ill. You know me with the obits. ESPN News Services. A young giraffe named for Cincinnati Bengals quarterback and former LSU star Joe Burrow died yesterday, a day after falling ill. Officials at the at the Baton Rouge Zoo said in a release Thursday that the 20-month-old giraffe named Burrow had died after developing a sudden onset of symptoms just Tuesday, including a severe cough and overall agitation. Uh, the zoo's veterinary staff took immediate measures to help, including swiftly administering medications to stabilize. The statement said the Burrow name had been chosen in a fundraiser run by the zoo and came after Burrow spelled it that way on the back of his jersey for the Tigers' senior night in 2019. So Joe Burrow's little giraffe there passed away today. Sad, sad oh, news. That's too bad. It is too bad. Really, it was a cute giraffe, too. Great story. And just one more, uh, Big D. <laughs> Rutgers to honor 9-11 attack victims with special uniforms. Saturday will mark 20 years since the 9-11 terror attack. Ryan Gatos, Fox News. Rutgers football will honor the victims of the 9-11 terror attacks on Saturday when the Scarlet Knights play Syracuse. The school revealed earlier today the special uniforms the team will wear when they play the orange. Rutgers will wear white jerseys with a silver helmet, and players will wear gloves that if you hold your hands together, will be able to spell never forget when they lock their hands. The helmet will feature names of some of those who lost their lives in the 2001 terror attacks. And they tweeted out, we will never forget the 
37 Rutgers alumni and all those who lost their lives in the September 11th attacks. Um, so, you know, obviously everybody's, you know, going to be commemorating the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And again, like you, you lost a dear friend and people lost a, people and fellows and friends yeah. and the alumni. Just a shame. Rutgers just across the water there. So that's a yeah. wrap in sports, Big D. We'll, ob- we'll obviously spend some time on tomorrow's show. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a tough day for a lot of people. It's a tough day uh, for a lot of people. It's a tough day for me remembering uh, Kenny Caldwell, who um, I lived with for four years at Hofstra University and who died that morning, yep. worked on the 100 and... Was he at Canna? He was not. He was at Paradigm. Um, they were like a recruiter, business recruiter, Paradigm something or other on like the 112th. Yeah, my buddy was at Canta, and his, he, he was a school teacher, and he had just had a baby. Great guy, played football with him, played lacrosse with him. Just a great guy, funny, just as lovable as it gets. And uh, you know, he said, I can't do the school teacher thing because there's no money in it. So his brother was a big shot at Canna, and all the big shots at Canta the night before decided they were to take a private jet to Denver to watch the Giants play, pleaded with him, ah, come on. And he said, you know what? I got my baby on my chest. I've learned how to do this thing. I, I, I'm just going to go in early, get a jump start on everything. Mm. And uh, he was this close, this close to just getting on that private jet, going to Denver and, you know. Yeah. And then not to mention all the cops and firemen I'm friends with. And... Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll deal a little bit of this tomorrow. Um, you know, Harry Oates did a great piece. We're gonna try. We're gonna try to get it together to be able to show it. It's it's kind of not formatted for today's television, but we're gonna try to make it so that we can show some of it. He per, Harry did a great piece. Fran, what was that originally for? You I remember? believe it was for the uh, just a memoriam for those that passed during the collapse. All the first responders. It was a specific fire unit I think he was in touch with uh, directly, but I don't remember which one it was. That was right before I started with him. And I know, I mean, just terrible follow-up here, but uh, I mean, uh, I was just talking to him about it, so I'll tell you about it. He had he made some calls over the last couple of weeks for the, obviously the 20th anniversary about some of the gentlemen in this video, and they've all passed away from health problems from being down there. Every single one of them that he called on. I don't think, I think it was like four or five people. It wasn't hundreds so many of, people. of them. But I think he called all four or five that are featured in this piece that I'll try to show you some of tomorrow. And um, they all passed away. And not that they were extremely old. They're probably now in their, you know, 70s. They were all 40s and 50s then. So, so they're many probably in 70s got, and none of them survived. Yeah, so many of them got lymphoma and other... Yeah. The carcinogens that were down there. I was on Bucket Brigade for two days down there, volunteering. It was, it was beyond heinous. The smell. It was just, it was just hell right there on Earth. It was, you know, I was useless. I did nothing. You know, in two days they just, it was so, uh, just the whole thing. You know, I saw a, um, and again, we'll we'll spend some more time tomorrow. But not since we're kind of on it, it's making me think of things. I saw a piece. You know, you try to find some positivity, and there were. Tremendous stories of heroism that day, obviously, and we've heard some of them. I had never heard the story about the um, the undertaking that went on on the Hudson to get people from Battery Park over the water. 
when the yeah. bridges were shut down, things were yeah. shut down. Vice News, I believe it was. I don't know if they originally produced it, but they're the ones who I saw air it. That was a Vice. That was Vice. Okay, yeah. They did a there's piece a, on There's a bunch of them. I was going to send more of them, but... And, uh, oh, did, are you the one who sent me that? Yeah, yeah Paul sent, sent that. that. Oh, okay. I was thinking, I just saw this, and riveting I couldn't remember piece. why. Riveting. Yeah. And I, I, That's I another have another riveting I have, piece of, of heroism. I have, a lot, of, I have a lot of them, but I don't want to complete, be a complete drag. Yeah, well, I can't reshow Vice here tomorrow, but I can reshow, I can reshow our own stuff that Harry produced, um, which I'll show you. But we'll, we'll obviously spend some time. <laughs> and then I'll tell you what else I'm going to spend some time on tomorrow is Mark, Thies, Mark Thiessen, his op-ed in the Washington Post. And Mark Thiessen, you've seen on Fox, and, I, and, and most of the, throughout the Trump administration, I did not agree with almost any of his commentary. He seemed to be right over there in Nancy Pelosi's pocket. I mean, that's just my opinion. But I'll tell you something. He wrote a piece for the Washington Post, and it's entitled, Biden has no business setting foot at ground zero on the anniversary of 9-11. So I'm going to give you a little bit of that tomorrow as well. I'm into that. Yes. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll spend some time on our own personal remembrances stories. I'll show you as much of this uh, piece if we can prep it for television. Tomorrow from, uh, from Harry and the crew, it's a fantastic, fantastic piece, and it stood the test of time. Uh, so we'll give you a little bit of that as well. So as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, though, of course, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We love you. We love that you're fired up. We'll see you tomorrow night for a Friday night remembrance of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We'll see you then.